0: The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod.
1: Episode 62, Walkabout. Dr. Franklin tries to find himself, Sheridan tests the shadow's weaknesses, and we meet the new Kosh. Hello and welcome back to The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, where we examine the enduring cultural legacy of that show, Babylon 5. With me is my co-host, John Cassie, and I am Chris Tatro, and
0: we are... Recording together as we do yeah, every now and I, again.
1: I'm very confused because it's November and it's 85 degrees outside. <laughs> I don't understand my my uh, my chilly Yankee bones from from Western New England. Uh, you know, just can't can't cope with
0: this fact. Right. We are uh, we're recording this episode uh, together and uh, live, as it were, at uh, Earth Dome West. Yes. You know, in uh, Huntington Beach, California, where mm-hmm. where uh, uh, where I am presently stationed, and. It is early November and it is hot. Yeah. properly hot. It is yeah. eighty-five
1: degrees. Yeah, I'm probably not going to need the four or five parkas that I packed to bring with me that are that are standard issue That's for
0: any correct. New Englander who leaves home. Right now, all of the Southern Californians out on the street yeah. who did not bring their parka with them. Yeah, eighty-five is really. You it's know, very close to like Yellowknife Northwest Territories kind of stuff. So. Certainly. So Certainly. they're freezing to death.
1: Yeah. I will point out that, that both uh, John Cassie and John Mundy in my line of vision are wearing shorts uh, and short sleeve shirts. Uh, I, uh, again, being a proper New Englander, uh, bearing my legs is shameful in That's public. That's right. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm covered as much as I possibly can be. Right. Uh, you know, without uh, without sweating to death slowly.
0: Yeah, showing thine legs uh, is part of uh, Jonathan Edwards' "Sinners in the Hands I, of an Angry God." I, the the witch finder
1: will come and, and, and haul me off for any kind, for showing ankle of any uh, any sort. Exactly, exactly. So what we have uh, today is walkabout, walk a boot, walk a boot. Yeah. Uh, where oh, I was going to say something about how I walked about and ended up here in California. That was oh, going to be my oh, please, clever intro. Please. Please, I insist. No, no, because then I'll have to edit it in.
0: And we're not doing any editing. Not a thing. No, because this is all on one track. Yep. And that means, print it. <laughs> yeah, in, in the words of Ed Wood, it's good. Print it. Print it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. What a great movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, so what we've got here is uh, kind of an episode where we've got some folks having to reconsider, reflect on, mm-hmm. and make some new choices perhaps, or, uh, or firm up their resolve a little bit. Yes. Right. Uh, we've got Stephen Franklin, who's Mm -hmm. got some work to do. Yep. We've got, uh, Shakar, who has some work to do. Right.
1: Uh, and, and, uh, um, I almost said Talia Winters. No, 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 the other one, (laughs) uh, the non-evil one. Right. You know, uh, I don't know, like, Lita Alexander. Lita, I'm like Patricia. T- I, no, no, Lita Alexander. Yeah, Lita you. Alexander, right. Oof, this the sun is, uh, is, is getting to my brain. Yeah. Uh, also making some, some, some hard decisions and yeah. and how far in she's going to commit herself into this. Right, right.
0: Uh, and meeting her new boss. Right, meeting her new boss, the new Kosh. Yep. Um, who is not only in a new suit, mm-hmm. but clearly has a new personality. Yeah. Or is in some way shaped, formed, or distorted by what happened to Kosh Alpha? Right, right, right. So I guess that's a, that's a, a question we can we could
1: explore. His his comment, you know, when he's talking with Sheridan, who says, "What should I call you, Kosh?" Right. You know, we are all Kosh. Are we to take that that they are some sort of collective, I guess, hive mind? Right. Or is it? is is this just a vorlon being a vorlon and being right. cryptic metaphorical right um, if if they are a hive mind then then yeah you know, the the death of kosh at the hands of all of these scrabbling little shadow kin yeah uh, must have had some sort of impact on the overall psyche
0: right um, right and if they're not all kosh in the way of being a hive mind mm-hmm. but rather the sort of the way that that Spock was able to detect the death of the crew of the intrepid mm. in that second season episode of Star Trek the original series where an all Vulcan crew was undone by a space amoeba right, right? and where he you know kind of was oh kind of you know conscious yeah. of Right, you know, even even I, a half Vulcan, could detect mm. the death screams. You know that yeah, kind of thing, yeah. Right? Obi
1: Wan Kenobi sensing the the destruction of Alderaan. Right, it, you, know, it, that, you know yeah. Sense I'm sure, memory. I'm sure right? there's some kind of there would be at least some kind of psychic wave that would go out from that kind of violent death of one of their kin, the first in a very very long time.
0: Right, right. One would presume. Well, that that's what we're led to believe. Yeah, right. Um, and then. So you've got that to kind of chew on, right? Right. Um, I tend to lean towards the Obi Wan, Spock, and Vulcans kind of thing rather than the hive mind thing, right? Right. Without any evidence to to uh, you know to believe that, that's Mm -hmm. just kind of where where my you know where my head is, you know. Or Richard Bach kind of you know we're all one spirit traveling through
1: time and reincarnating. You know, there's all we're dips in the bucket of souls. You know, kind of situation.
0: Yeah, uh, that yeah, feels a little feels a little too new agey for JMS. Agreed, agreed. You know, so we've got we've got that to kind of contend with. The other thing we have to contend with is the the very significant change in Kosh's personality. Oh yeah, right. Because whatever is going on with this Kosh, he's not our Kosh. Right.
1: Right. Well, it mentions in the Lurker's Guide that this is this is a, a this being this different. I forget what his name was. I, you know, two minutes of research could have saved me this embarrassment. Right. But appeared in one of the novelizations. Oh, I see. So they, okay. they actually name give <clears throat> give him a name. So his you know always or it's always call me you know call me Kosh is is really being facetious in some ways. Yeah. But but I was just wondering, do they still share something beyond? Normal individuality,
0: right, right, and I think that that, based on the based on what we have in this episode, mm-hmm. kind of remains a bit of yeah. an open question. Yeah, you know. yeah, there, and he's
1: looking; he's interested in did did Kosh leave a piece behind in some right,
0: way? Right, right, that a Katra. A, yeah, yes, <laughs> leave behind the Katra. <laughs> right, you right.
1: Know, uh, uh, McCoy before going into the into before going into the chamber.
0: Right, um, remember. Right. Sorry, JMS, if you're going to do that, yeah, right, in 1996. Right. When uh, an entire film in the Star Trek movie universe is based on that on this very thing that you appear to be inserting into B5. Right. A, you know, any sci fi fan worth his salt is going to instantly see that as yeah. as a catra quest. Yeah, right?
1: it's definitely a nod <laughs> that, that there was a, a nod back to, to Spock in the yeah. transference of the of the psyche in some way. Into right. into Sheridan through right.
0: the dream, right. So we've got that to contend with. Right. The other thing we have to sort of think about is this new encounter suit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, my takeaway was that the original cautious encounter suit kind of gave away a little bit its its um, some of the qualities of its design. Okay. In other words, the the earliest doctor who Mm -hmm. pre any iteration Mm -hmm. Daleks and Cybermen and whatever, Mm -hmm. they look a bit like they're, you know, it's like, "Mm, I think that's a plunger. Oh, and this is a, this is a a hoop from a hoop dress. This kind of thing. Like it didn't quite hold together so much as a garment, but you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, right? Mm -hmm. This new one, with three years of reflection on what this might look like, ooh, I'm getting a lot of emotional transfer mm-hmm. from the from the intention of the character into that suit, you know? Yeah, the darker coloration, I
1: think, is a big part right. of that. Right, uh, The red light Correct. In, the, in the dilating iris. Yeah, the iris. Call that thing, yeah. mouth, uh, who knows? Um, yeah, those, I think those, those darker colors and the fact that, that the new Kosh is almost always in shadow. Yes. Uh, definitely conveys conveys this attitude. He's not really so much down with helping the humans right. as much as his predecessor, who, you know, frankly, has had three-plus years on the station Correct. to get used to the humans. So Correct. it kind of makes sense that a new one coming in is going to be a little more standoffish.
0: Yeah. And this one is definitely more... Um, uh, more sort of generally displeased, mm. angry. Mm-hmm. You know that when he uh, when when he positions his the the sort of the head analog of that suit, and he sort of looks at you with that red mm. that red eye. I, I don't know. I felt sort of looked at in a way that maybe not so much with Kosh.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because there aren't really any expressive features other than the the dilating iris in the red light. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting that it's able to convey that amount of of, of meaning or, or right. A,
0: uh, emotion right with just the tilt of a head or right. you know or head mm-hmm. right i mean i'm making air quotes head right. well you know? but
1: it also it also speaks to the the skill of the puppeteer or whoever's in the suit right. over the that's developed over the years. Right. I know that they, they list who the, the credits for who does the voice of Kosh, but I don't know if, <laughs> if we've seen who does the the body work. Yeah, I don't I don't think we've ever you
0: know, talked about that. Ardwright Chamberlain is the voice. Hmm. Uh, li- listeners, we're gonna do some we're gonna do some proper research on that puppeteer question. Yeah, maybe. Chris. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, to I mean, see if we can get it.
1: Yeah. Right? right. I mean you think you think about the the like the Muppets. You think about right. Kermit the Frog. You know, again, there is nothing expressive on that. It's just a it's just felt Correct. And, and golf and, uh, ping pong balls. Right. But you know, the, the skilled puppeteer, the right. Jim Henson, can make clear what kermit is feeling mm-hmm. you know in the same way by by tilting ahead in a particular angle correct you, know, you can definitely see that you can definitely see that mm-hmm. with uh, uh you know elmo kevin nash you know yep. you know, all that kind of stuff is is a very skilled puppeteer can make that come across
0: yeah it's an extraordinary skill yeah yeah and um and this new kosh is is an intriguing entry into the uh uh, you know, kind of into the narrative, right? As we get to, you know, as we really get to a kind of a crux, a kind of a crisis point. Now, uh, listeners, you'll remember that we've been talking a bit this season about the master episode mm-hmm. list, mm-hmm. right? The, the sort of the order in which these things are, uh, are, are should be watched rather than have been watched, mm-hmm. right? And as broadcast, this episode is after... War Without End. Now, we'll leave it for your evaluation when we broadcast War Without End, our, our take on War Without End next, next week. week, right? Um, whether it could have held up that this episode should come after. Uh, my perspective is it's almost impossible to imagine it making any sense, yeah. right? Yeah, you've got Sheridan testing out this
1: new weapon, you know, strategy that they have with right. with using psychics, and that's not something you do after you've fought a major encounter, encounter or a major conflict. You know, you that you're going to test it out beforehand. Your, your attitude towards trying these things out is going to be very different afterwards.
0: Right. I mean, the episodes it's, are. It's a two-parter called "War Without End." Hmm. <laughs> it's not. It's not uh, uh, a couple of skirmishes. And, and you know, and a light lunch, right? <laughs> precisely, precisely. So, so it's a little, it's a little strange. So, yeah. um, so Chris, when when we were sort of in our in our pre-show, we mm-hmm. were sort of thinking about the different uh, characters who who come to sort of crisis points in their journeys a little bit. Yes, in this episode. Um, you want to go to Jakar first? Yeah, let's 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 tackle Jakar. Okay,
1: you know he's he's really he's called out by Garibaldi. You know that big time. And, and, you know that, that he. Well, it's not that he doesn't want to. It's that his his uh, associate uh, war leader Nakal does not want to risk this last Narn warship. Right, uh, and. Mm. Jakar doesn't have any official position, doesn't have any official rank right. among the Narn. Right. Uh it's it's really a question of just asking Nikal to to do this, to put his ship and his crew at risk right. to help out with this with this exploratory mission. Right. And it's it's perfectly reasonable that Nikal says, no. You know, we are we're the last best hope of our own people. Right. We're not gonna throw it away on a on a a, a whim or a, a possibility.
0: Right. Right, Uh, but yeah, Sheridan's a dreamer. Yeah, right. You know, we have to hold on because Mm -hmm. who knows what might happen tomorrow. Right, and
1: realistically, and I'm always the more practical. You know, against the dreamers of the world. Yeah, right. uh, Yeah, if this goes badly, if the White Star and the Minbari cruisers are destroyed, you're going to need something like an arm cruiser. That's that's going to be your biggest arrow left in the quiver.
0: Right, right. Whether that's Enough or not mm-hmm. will we'll, we'll remain to be tested, right? But, it, but if,
1: we, if we throw it away, then we right. don't have anything if this, goes, if this very risky
0: right. shot goes badly. Right. Yeah, and let's not even talk about the kind of long-term or ongoing <coughs> war against the shadows now. Right. Let's reflect only on the defense of Babylon 5. Right. Right. You lose those Bimbari cruises and you lose the White Star. And you lose that Narn battleship you're left with star Furies Earth is back yeah tomorrow er- yeah Earth comes back tomorrow maybe right, right? they learn right. about this because of course the 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 um they have to have agents right right they Earth knows everything that's going on mm-hmm. right and they know it at worryingly fast right yeah. which we, which we talked about right mm-hmm. um, they would certainly know that and why would they not take a whack at it right perfect it time. seems reasonable to to think that maybe they would. Right? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go
1: for it while the Minbari cruisers were away. Right. Uh, oh, we've got an oh, we've got a window
0: where the station's undefended for six hours. Right, right. That seems Get like us a jump a,
1: gate now.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. It seems totally uh it seems totally reasonable to to think that they might yeah. Yeah. take a whack at that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm sorry, Nakal? Uh yes. Yeah, it's not like Nakal's perspective yes, is uh, is indefensible right but it actually kind of is indefensible for Jakar yes right for Nakal fine mm-hmm. but for Jakar right we're shown Jakar trying to persuade Nakal persuade right yeah. to explain the situation but not in any kind of really assertive way mm-hmm. like the way that Jakhar does you know you yeah. you hold up a transport mm-hmm. and he's going to go all bananas right. in the command deck, yeah. right? But against his own people, I'm going to make a very milk toasty kind of appeal. Mm-hmm. And when you say no, well, what am I to do? It's the same way that you know I might you know approach my wife
1: with a request that, <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to buy into this new miniatures game. You know, I know I know that there's going to be a no coming, so I'm not going to push the issue very hard. That's right. I'll just buy it when I'm out of town and she can't. See what I'm doing.
0: As you did, in fact, yesterday. I'm sorry. She doesn't listen. No, she doesn't. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. The nice thing about having supportive partners is they never listen to our shows. It's fantastic.
1: That's I recommend it for anyone starting a podcast. Choose a topic that your, your, your significant others will
0: not listen to. Don't care about. Yes, Why that's right. do you think I don't listen to your shows? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, this is the problem with recording live. <laughs> yeah. Live from the peanut gallery, yeah. John Mundy. John, wait, so you actually listen to this show? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. I better stop slagging him on the radio, then. I'd just go back and re-edit the last couple of episodes. (laughs) We'll have to go, oh, oh, no. We'll have to to fix
1: that. We'll insert nice things about John Mundy.
0: Yay, John Mundy. Woo! Yes. Put
1: him in the show notes. Absolutely. At any rate. Indeed. Uh, Yeah. So, so yeah, and and Garibaldi's uh, main point going into this is... Sheridan took risks for you. Right. Sheridan is is a leader and an inspiring leader. And aren't you supposed to be the same thing? Correct. And don't don't just go and ask him. Can we borrow your ship to do this? Go in and tell him. You know this is what we need to do. Right.
0: Right. Which he did not do. Mm-hmm. Which not he did the first not do. time. No. Right.
1: No. Um, and then we're left with that to chew on. You know, and and, and wonder. Right. I, I put wonder in in sarcasm quotes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah right. Because of course. Of course it's going to show up in the third act. You know, you're going to have that battle cruiser come out of come out of a gate and and save the day.
0: Oh, the, yeah, there's no doubt that that's going right. to happen. It's like right. when Han
1: Solo leaves, you know, before the the, the run on the Death Star. Oh, right. God. I mean, yeah, he'll on. be back.
0: Come yeah, on. there's no there's no question. Yeah. Um and um you know, of course, you know, the the Narn the Narn arrival turns the tide. It does. As Mm -hmm. As one would expect. Right. Right. Um, You know, you're going to make the sacrifice. We're going to we're going to give it. They're going to make it very clear that the sacrifice was worth Mm. risking. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, in that regard, it's not really um, the most. um, uh, The most surprising Mm. or or. Uh, shocking of storytelling. Right.
1: Right. Right. And if it had been a situation where they didn't need the assistance, you know, they, they the, the, the white star gets out there with the Minbari cruisers, they clean up. Right. You know, the, the shadows don't send in reinforcements. Right. And it's like, Oh great. And then the Narns show up. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, nice to see you here. We didn't really need you, but that, right. that was out of fallen flat as well. So there's really only one, there's one logical way the story can, can go. Right.
0: And it goes uh, that way. It
1: does go that way. Uh, I will drive a a, a small truck through the, uh, the the plot hole. I think in that in that entire sequence, yes, which the, is well, they're waiting. They have to wait twenty minutes for the jump drives to right to you, you see where I'm going with this. Continue to, to fire back up. Uh, the Mabari cruiser opens up a, a, a jump gate and comes in out of hyperspace. <laughs> well, White Star could just slip back through that gate and boom, they're right. out of there.
0: Right. You know they both go. Right. Done. It is an open. It is a valid jump. It's gate. It's an open gate. It's right, right. there. Yeah. Right.
1: And so, yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, there could have, there are probably reasons, but we'll suspend that disbelief for now because it made for a better scene.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I thought that the Jakar takedown Mm -hmm. by Garibaldi Mm -hmm. was yet another uh, high watermark for Jerry Doyle. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he got to really put him over the fire. Yep. And roast him. Yeah. And appropriately so. Right, slamming the book around. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, don't don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well you can stuff your book. Yeah. Because whatever it says, it appears to have led you to the point of of breathtaking moral cowardice. And if that's the case, I don't need I don't need to know any wisdom in your book. You don't have any wisdom. Which you have to imagine that these were already these were already things Jakar was
1: chewing over himself.
0: Had to be he, he, sure. He
1: he was he was unhappy with the decision and the way that it had played out. And sure, that he hadn't pushed hard enough, or that he hadn't gotten the cooperation. Uh, if I think if he had if he had felt morally, if he had agreed that it was the right thing to do, not to send the cruiser, he would have pushed right. back more against uh, against Garibaldi. Yeah, um, and certainly the Jakarov, a year or two ago would not have received that that verbal dressing down um, right in any way from a human
0: uh, no no that would have been there would have been violence that's right yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. it's a uh, it's another thread in the uh, in the development of Jakar as a yeah. character mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. just like we got from from Delan a few episodes ago right Right. Jakar you have come a long way yeah right mm-hmm. um so in that regard, pretty extraordinary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a kind of a reminder that we need Michael Garibaldi to be your your sort of everyman. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. What on earth are you waiting for? Right, right. Do you really think that what you're proposing makes any sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. Garibaldi seems to be a good tool. For mm. the for the writer JMS in this case mm-hmm. to go into a, a a rather intractable situation or or something and and give it the prod that it needs he did the same thing to Franklin last episode indeed you know to make him confront the whole stem situation right uh, he's he's usually the one who he's very perceptive he knows right what's going on around him so if anybody is going to Come in and call out somebody on something. It it seems like it's going to be Garibaldi.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, I'd agree with that. Very
1: valuable writer tool.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the way the character is sort of positioned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That he's he's always useful in this particular regard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got Jakar, mm-hmm. and we've got this battle. Okay. Yeah. So, which means we've got a little bit of Lita Alexander. Right. 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 Um, who's um, trying to find her way. Yes. Trying to find her place. Right. Right. Um, it's a little hard to know quite what to make of this character. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that Patricia Tallman quite has a sense of who she is yet. In other words, yeah. you know, um, uh, Andrea Thompson. Right playing Talia Winters. From the very moment she started, I felt like she had a sense of who Talia Winters nominally was. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we're led, you know, we're led to believe afterwards <laughs> that it was a, a construct personality. Right. But in any case, yeah. right? And I can only imagine how difficult it is for an actor to play a character who has these kind of strange telepathic skills. But mm-hmm. but I don't think that Patricia Tallman has quite yet landed on what Lita is or isn't and maybe this is yeah. we're meant to see this as Kosh anxiety or or you know I mean she's only played the character like three that, or four or five times yeah
1: that's the thing I was going to bring up is that her appearances are infrequent yeah and she hasn't she hasn't inhabited the role that many times and and hasn't even really She's supposed to have this very intensely strong connection with Kosh and feel all of this guilt for not being there. Yes. But we only really had one episode where the two of them were together. Right. Well, plus gathering.
0: Right. We're, you know, we're not allowed to see ago. them. Right. Right. And it can be hard to sustain that memory of the connection. Right. right. Yeah, we don't We're not getting flashbacks or any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have a, a, a dreamy montage
1: of all of their times, like, you know, frolicking on a beach and... No, scam- God scampering, the- Scamper- the
0: the yeah. scampering at right? the time of scampering, right? <laughs> scampering, what they would
1: do, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're, we're more told, I think, than shown the depth of the relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'd have to imagine that it's hard to show a developing telepathic relationship.
0: That would be hard between between you know powerful psychic entities. That would be hard. Yeah. 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 I'd I'd agree with mm-hmm. that. Um, so I, I guess we're still sort of uh you know trying to figure out the relationship between Kosh and this particular telepath or whether mm-hmm. it's about her humanness and her telepathic skills she's only a p five mm-hmm. so why would you you know why would you spend this much yeah this, energy on a low level telepath right well she's seen inside the suit she's seen inside the suit so that's, sure. i mean
1: that, and that's really the reason yes is. Yeah. is- <clears throat> yeah they would have had a lot more if they'd gone for a stronger telepath, right, but then they'd have to let somebody else in right so right you go to the war with the telepath you have, not the telepath you want
0: yeah right right yeah that's a that's a good way to mm-hmm. put it um there's a little bit of um of uh of uh, her needing some help there hmm in that that, uh, that final exchange, you know. You're talking
1: about on during the battle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where, where she, act, she touches Sheridan and gets the, the, the flashes of the, that last connection with her. Correct. Cut, which, again, very interesting uh, dichotomy, maybe? Set, setting her apart from Talia Winters. Okay. Who always wore the gloves. Right. Well, Psycor wears the gloves. You know, they can, you know, that that's setting, or that set Talia... Apart gave her greater distance yes. from everybody else, but but Lita doesn't wear gloves. I can't remember if she did in the gathering. Probably, if we'd it's, have if to it's go back to rule. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. you know, she's certainly not wearing them now. Right. She must have. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so she has that kind of physical contact that that sends through that connection. She gets that bit right. of uh, uh, that bit of, of cautiousness. Kashitas, yeah, yeah Kashitas from, <laughs> from the uh, you know, from his last moments uh, in there. yeah, she's not certain about it yet, but but she's you know, she's yeah. on the path.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it's fairly devastating what these telepaths can do, isn't it? Mm. from a, just from a military perspective, right? if they can if they can paralyze those ships, right, then they clearly are dis- disabling their systems right in some effective way.
1: Right. right, right. Shutting down whatever mind has been implanted inside. Right. Yeah, which, again, you would be better to have a more powerful telepath on mm-hmm. board. Uh, you know, she's able to lock one down, then you've got the Minbari, who are able to, you know, once they get a chance, but, yep. but they, they don't seem to be having a fun time of it. Yeah, no. It's, 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 it's and I, I, would, I would wonder, a telepath, even of higher strength than a, than a, than a P5, who did not have the Vorlon training, experience, yes. reinforcement? If they would have been as successful, like a, a human telepath,
0: yeah, um, that's an interesting
1: question. Is it something? Does she have more more fortitude because
0: of her time with Kosh?
1: Yeah. Not I sure. Don't, we'll, I don't think I know that. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I feel one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, because right. I mean, it wrecks her just stopping the one.
0: Right, sure. right. So, yeah. Um, so, we've got all of this that we might call the B-plot? It's really
1: unclear which is the A and which is the B here. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like we've
0: got a double A kind of yeah, scenario,
1: right? Based on the, the episode title, I guess we're meant to assume that the Stephen Franklin part is the A-plot. Yeah. But it doesn't... But this seems... Well, well it's, it's certainly more on, on the meta-plot. Right of the show, right, and therefore it feels more like a right, right, um, and the title doesn't. I don't think it, the title really doesn't really relate to both halves, right. Well, there you know, there might have been a, a, a better title to come up with, but you know, yeah, I can't come up with one. And clearly, if there was one, JMS would have would have come up with it. You know, so yeah. th- something that referenced cleverly some Shakespeare reference or something. The, that,
0: walkabouts and yeah, something else and something yeah.
1: else that, that addressed both sides of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we've got uh, while this we'll call it the bee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is on the that is on the, the ark, right? Going on, uh, we've got Stephen Franklin in uh, you know brown one hundred and eighty seven or gray gray nine hundred six, yeah. right? In the you know the most down below of down belows, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, undertaking what he calls a walkabout, Mm-hmm. which he uh, acknowledges is a tradition from, he calls it. Aborigines.
1: Mm. Yeah, welcome to the mid-90s. Yeah, I
0: think mid-90s, that that didn't quite land for me. You know, I would have I would probably have used, you know, uh, Indigenous word Indigenous Australians, you know. um, But, uh, you know, in any case, you know, he's uh, he's back on talking a little bit about his uh, spiritual tradition, foundationism, Mm -hmm. which appears to be a kind of Synthesizing syncretic form of, you know, twenty first, twenty second century traditions that go above and beyond what you'd expect in, say, Baha'i or Unitarian Universalism, where it's really trying to, to, uh, uh, to establish a spiritual discipline on the foundation of the experiences of, of all of these galactic religious traditions. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's you know there are valuable, useful pieces out there. Why not of of different things? Why not use them? Right now, that runs the danger or question of cultural appropriation. Right, you know where you're taking. You may take the walkabout thing out of context. You may take X, Y, or Z piece of of something out of the out of its original context. But we don't know enough about foundationalism to know if that's respected or addressed in some way. Right. Right. more than just what what Franklin says here
0: right right we don't know we don't know in what in what Aboriginal context in mm-hmm. what indigenous context mm-hmm. this is being this is being done in we only have this sort of foundation foundationist mm-hmm. approach right right and you know we don't really know how the indigenous People of two thousand, you know, twenty two sixty, think about such things. You know, what does a cultural appropriation mean? Yeah, you know, in its in the, the in its time, right? It's right? it's something that
1: wasn't really, I
0: don't think it was addressed or even or
1: raised or wasn't in any kind of public consciousness in nineteen ninety six. Not I really, i say not really, barely. Uh, that now in twenty eighteen seems to be. Much much greater awareness of it. Yeah, give us another two hundred years. Maybe these things, these issues, will be more, uh, you know, more addressed. The you know, there'll be there'll be more resolution or more, um, I guess, more uh, more care taken in 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 using
0: or borrowing elements from different cultures and things right. like that. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, a ten second shout out to it's again. It's on Netflix. Um, the Australian television program Cleverman, mm-hmm. which brings forward a number of indigenous actors and indigenous cultural traditions like the Dreamtime and mm-hmm. Walkabout and what have you, and deploys them in a sci-fi fantasy, mm-hmm. early 21st century Australia in ways that are very compelling. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if this kind of episode that of B5 was kind of your jam, then mm-hmm. you should go definitely look at Cleverman, mm-hmm. um, which, again, is on Netflix. Um, and they have not sponsored us, so no. don't, th- we're not getting anything for that. Uh, we wouldn't turn it away, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix we we would, or Hulu,
1: indeed. Or, or Amazon Prime, Bezos, you know, I know you're listening. Indeed. You love Babylon
0: 5. Yeah, we, we love this. it enough to, uh, yeah. you know, we hope that you're going to be the one who brings this thing back. Mm-hmm. Babylon yeah. 6.
1: Yeah, and not with the friends you know, theme that I that I posted on the on the Facebook. No, a little, yeah, exactly, a no, yeah. Yeah.
0: That'd be a very different take. We let's let's not go there. Right. Yeah. A sitcom in the Babylon five universe. I don't think so. No. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, like Three's company with uh Dylan <laughs> and uh Jakar mm-hmm. and Veer. Yeah. I I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sadly. That would make the Drazi Mr. and Mrs. Roper. Occasionally, sort of coming in. And, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With their bandanas. Well, in any case, yeah. So we've got Stephen Franklin on walkabout, right? Okay, right. And he's going to have to walk about on the station because obviously you're not going to go down to epsilon three, or you're not going to go back to Earth or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. And Presumably,
1: multiple laps around the station. Yeah, so it's exactly. only a quarter mile long.
0: Exactly. Right. Um. And uh. And while on walkabout, he seems to be back to being him, doesn't he? You, you, do, do you know, and, to, to the pre-stem version
1: of him, right? Yes, a little bit. Like yeah, he's yeah.
0: not—he's not this version that we just recently encountered, where the more manic, uh, right, 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 and this sort of uh, last delivery, late delivery from Avalon, where he's making mm. these indefensible decisions, right, right, and he's sort of being a little bit of season one mm-hmm. Stephen Franklin, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we've got a character who's a little bit more. Appears to have a little bit more of his fundamental integrity restored, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder about this walkabout. I I wonder the same. You know, uh, this walkabout. Mm-hmm. Not walking about. Yeah. Because I love the way that he explained it. It made perfect sense. Right. Right. Hmm. So he meets a an exotic and interesting singer. Mm-hmm. And has a relationship with her. This is, you know, sort of Stephen Franklin as Space Rogue, right? Right, which we've seen a little bit of before. Oh, now, yes. This is the only case where I can think of where it hasn't had a kind of ickiness factor attached <laughs> to it, right? Yeah, yeah. This 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 uh, singer did not just wake up out
1: of cryosleep and find that her husband is dead, right? So, and then uh, have uh,
0: Mac Stephen Franklin
1: macking on her. I got to get me some of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ew. But at the end of the day, if what Stephen Franklin is supposed to experience is some kind of a journey that leads him to something essential and true and different, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I just can't imagine why we're ultimately led back to a place of, well, Stephen Franklin as as healer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Back to med lab, right. you know. Yeah. Okay, well, we can't fix you, but I can help you. This kind of—I don't know—it didn't feel, it didn't feel like that's where this journey should land. Yeah, yeah. He, he explains
1: to Garibaldi that the reason for doing this is that he's—he spent all of his time being a doctor, and who is he when he's not a doctor? And he didn't know. Right. So he goes on the walkabout right. and finds that when he's not a doctor, he's a doctor. Right. Okay yeah that's not so good, that's right not so well, yeah, you know, I guess it's not so good, but maybe maybe as you said, maybe it's that rather than I can fix everything, yes, I can solve every problem we are our believers, Stephen Franklin, yes, who we've moved away from certainly but but he he has to accept that that he can't cure <laughs> her and that he's going to help her in a different way, right, right maybe that's the the new revelation that we come to. Yeah, maybe. But does he stick around to help her? It's not clear. The last thing we see is him walking. You know, he's, he's in the bar where she's singing and he walks out. Yeah. So is he, is he hanging around to help her? Is she going to be part of his life for a while? Yeah. Or does he just, is he just, was this just a stop? Is he continuing on his walk? Right. And we haven't seen the end of it yet. Right. We'll see that, won't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll the, you know, right. the, 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 the show will let us know. Absolutely, right. um, but this but this seemed to be an odd stop along the way. Right. Even if it's just a just a momentary stop, if the goal is to develop his character more, right beyond him just being a doctor, don't don't put him back in MedLab R- ever. Uh, yeah, not Keep not him away now. From it. That's give right. Him, give him something that's that's not to do with somebody's health or addiction, right. <clears> you know, which right. is what he thought he was going, he was dealing with, or any right. of these kinds of things. Right, right. Uh, it's just a curious, uh, curious choice for this, yeah, for this plot line.
0: Yeah, I didn't quite. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, I didn't get it. Yeah, I liked it up until the end of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, you and I both had the same like. ooh we really, really, really are like we really remember who this actress was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, it's her tooth. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah, because because this this not ad- not the imperial conditioning. The tooth, you had the tooth, the tooth. The tooth. Uh, Erica yeah.
1: Gimple. Erica yeah. Gimple. Yeah, who she's got one of these. and I'm trying to remember what what the tooth is called. Is it the 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 canine, the pre canine, whatever? Uh, one of her upper, you know, canine teeth is 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 outset a little bit, and for whatever reason, that sticks in my head and 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 just is really lodged there. So yeah, I recognized. I definitely recognized her from uh, uh, from from past viewing experience uh, right. right away. I I couldn't place it, but I was like, I know I couldn't her. place it either. I had to, of course, go to the ever loving IMDb, IMDb corner right yeah, to to find where have we seen her? Wallace's mom on Veronica Mars, right? Yeah,
0: right, yeah. Uh, Alicia Finell, yes. Yeah, Wallace Fennell's mother on, yep. on Veronica Mars. She was dynamite in that and show. And Keith Mars' girlfriend. And Keith Mars'
1: girlfriend. Yeah, right. He was, he was batting above his uh, weight class. Uh, that's, that, <laughs> that's, not, that's that's a bad expression, <laughs> right, right, but yeah, right. he was... Uh, right.
0: Yeah. I love Enrico Colantoni, but... But come on. Come on. That's, come on. Yeah, he's, right. he's out of his league here. Yeah, moment, right, I think. right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even remember her from the early part of her career when she was you know, part of Fame or... Yeah, and I never you know, watched any Fame, but, yeah.
1: but certainly she's got the
0: pipes oh
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah come on that,
0: that was actually her singing so right. yeah she's yeah, yeah she's very, cap- very capable They're, very capable yeah yeah, yeah exactly um, so that was exciting yes you know I liked I, I, she was a very good uh, guest star you know has a commanding presence mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, has something to do that kind of makes sense right isn't being refracted through some sort of strange
1: it's okay I can edit
0: yeah uh, some sort of strange. Uh, 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 Although you say she's not refracted, but you know
1: her whole thing about the holding up the glass and looking at the reflect, refraction image.
0: Okay, yeah, I suppose you know, I have to take so that back, yeah. don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yield the point. Yeah, yeah. I think, on balance, for uh, for an episode that is holding the line, sort of between. Yeah. You know the uh, the main narrative and mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and sort of one of these filler episodes. A pretty pretty fine episode. Yeah, yeah, I like this a lot. It, yeah. You know,
1: it, it, I wish my only my only gripe, as I said, is I wish that it would have given us another side to Stephen Franklin's character rather than doubling down on his his totally. doctorism. Totally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's um. great to get more uh, more explanation, more details on Foundationism. I think so. To understand a little bit more about that. I'm, I'm always curious about sci-fi religions. And, yeah. And, and when somebody makes it up, is it that they're... Are they... Is is JMS putting forward kind of what he believes should be? Right. What people are doing 200 years from now? Right. Or is he just kind of, I need this person to believe something kind of different in future and I'll just kind of throw some things together over right. here. Right, right, right. It would be very... I, I'm going to be very curious to keep these aspects of foundationism, foundationalism, foundation, foundationism, foundationism. I that's what yeah. I was pretty sure. Yeah, in mind as uh, as we we see it, if we see it come up again, as we see other pieces of it uh, you know, in, in as it's ref- is any of it reflected in Sense Eight or any of JMS's later works, any right. of the comics, any right? Of the, does, do, do these kinds of beliefs of pulling, picking and choosing from multiple cultures to, to make something greater. Right. Uh, to, to believe in the, the power of, this, of the individual in the way right. that it does. Right. Um, do those... Are those pieces a part of... Are, are these
0: foundational elements of JMS's works? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm inclined to go back and read a number of the comic uh, properties he was working on mm-hmm. after B5. I've never yeah. watched Jeremiah... No, I haven't either I should right so I don't yeah I don't have any sense of that right it might be
1: something to look at yeah 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 um, rising stars he certainly has comic series yes uh, there was certainly a lot of uh, belief or things put forward in how how to make the world a better place yes it's sort of his version of you know uh, his version of Warren Ellis's the authority
0: right uh, right right
1: you know, how how a couple of of superpowered individuals could really set this place right, and I think he had some missteps <laughs> yeah. in, in there in his in his vision. But yeah. is that reflected anyway in there? I don't know. I yeah. don't know his his Superman run where Superman you know, walks across America again. So right, he, he comes to Superman in a, in an existential crisis. Right, the character is you know is now going to just take a walkabout in right. across America to examine and kind of find himself. JMS never finished that run. I I've, I've never read it. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't heard let's say I haven't heard charitable things about it. Yeah, uh, same. So but 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 I would I would certainly prefer to read it myself and make that, yeah. make that kind of conclusion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um So listeners, what are your thoughts? You know where to find us. Yeah.
1: Are we completely off base with this? Yeah. You know, did did this did the did the resolution of, or, or this pit stop along Walk, walkabout
0: make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Did it, mm-hmm. did him doctoring mm-hmm. as a, as a way of, a way of getting away from doctoring? Mm-hmm. Are, are we missing something subtle here? Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts on Shakar and the Narn's decision to actually contribute to this? Mm-hmm. You know, and on and on. Um, look at us on the Facebook group, find us on iTunes. Uh, leave messages, write us five star reviews, four stars in a pinch, one if yeah. you think we're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Right. And uh, we'll see you again next week. For, for War Without End. Yes. Parts one and two yep. together. Okay. Like we did um, uh, uh, in the first season. Yes. Um, for that episode. Whose name eludes? Oh, good grief! Good we're the, we're, grief! This is
1: we are. on be in the show notes. We're the worst Babylon Five podcast uh, on the internet, uh, or at least in your feed.
0: Until next time, folks. <laughs> Find Promise
1: of quality. <laughs>